0: Hello, good evening, and welcome back to yet another episode of Across the Pond, season two, as we've dubbed it uh, from the last episode, just because of the long break we had. Uh, but it's good to be back again. Good to hear that jingle again. Uh, you know, very exciting times here, Barry, because um, because things are starting to feel real good. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit of small talk today and just catch up with with how each other's doing. Uh, but let's start on your side. How's it going, man?
1: Things are good, Chad. I'm in good spirits, even though South Africa is in this full lockdown and everyone's kind of stuck at home. I I feel like a bit like a a caged tiger, Chad. I I went out (laughs) for a run this afternoon after having not left the house the whole day. And I just was enjoying the fresh air and like running like I'd been freed for the first time and ever. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird experience. um, But otherwise, working hard, keeping myself nose on the grindstone and doing what needs to be done. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. Uh, Yeah, sadly, no runs, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I did actually last week do a obstacle race where uh, it's called Nuclear Races. It's out in like the top of Essex. And similar to in South Africa, you've got the, the warrior races, MP Challenge, all those kind of things where you just have obscene amounts of mud far too much mud um, and you know the wedding the the weather wasn't wasn't the best either uh, it was a little bit chilly bit of rain coming down as well so even those normal parts it was not supposed to be muddy just your running pla- parts which' uh, just this thick sludge that kind of formed this layer around your shoe uh, but anyway that was 12 Ks although my garmin said it was 15 uh, so pleased about that but but since then Barry I've done nothing I've just been recovering Uh, you know, I, I feel like an old man, uh, all of these, all of these pains and every little nook and cranny. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's how I'm doing this evening.
1: Yeah, we, we, we're heading towards that dangerous 38, Chad, where, where everything starts to hurt and things start to ache, like you say, and you just don't recover as quickly as you used to. Yep. I know if I go for a run where I'm pushing the pace a little bit, I get home and it takes me a couple hours just to get like back to where I was beforehand, right? Whereas back in the day, you'd get back and you could straight back to whatever you were doing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get back into the running, trying to get some consistency going, good, trying good. to get rid of this lockdown boop if possible, and uh, we're, on the, we're on the right move. We're on the right move. <laughs>
0: A book for anyone uh, listening who doesn't know what that means is a little belly. Uh, I've got one myself, Barry. and uh, it, it's always <laughs> the, it's that spare tire with the with the love handles on the side. Uh, it's always the hardest to get rid of. So quick to get though, isn't it? Just too, just too oh, quick of and easy.
1: Just a couple cookies, a couple pieces of ice cream, some chocolates, and it's there already, Chad. And then you got to work yeah. extra hard to get rid of it. But I'm optimistic. We'll we'll keep fighting the good fight, Chad, and we'll see if we can uh, make some progress there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We'll we'll keep at it. Hopefully, we make some progress. Uh, it's just about that calorie deficit over time, Barry. Uh, one mm. day at a time. Let's not be too optimistic and uh, you know do do crazy marathons and stuff. Just one little bit every every single day. That's all that all that matters, and that's how we're gonna get. Rid of that spare tire. Um, I wanted to kick off this episode with just a little bit of housekeeping, if you'd like. Um, And uh, yeah, basically to to apologize profusely um, to all of our (laughs) listeners who listened to last week's episode. I had a bit of a technical uh, mishap. So, so Barry kicked off. I think it was the De- develop and grow segment, uh, talking about a quote that he had read. And you know when you read something and it just, you know, it it, it smashes against you and basically just just you know, just describing uh, how much impact this particular quote had on him. And I thought, well, it'll be so appropriate at this point in time to throw in a little sound effect there. So while we were live, Barry, I I played this car crash sound in the background. Um, but because in the live version, um, in my mixer I had turned down the sound effects uh, you know before the episode, it didn't pop, it didn't pull through, and so I had a little smile, but you know, uh, I kind of forgot about it. But then when I went to export the episode and, and did the audio mix down, I completely missed it. Uh, And so you received a message from from someone who who was listening to it, was driving and heard out of nowhere (laughs) this car crash uh, that was a bit distracting. So that's totally on me. I'm really sorry.
1: Yeah, a a big thanks to Ruth for pointing it out, because like you say, we didn't actually realize until we had published it. And she sent this lovely message, Chad, saying that it actually sounded so realistic that she was looking around to see where the crash was. And I don't think we, we don't often think about what people are doing when they listen, Chad. Like we sit and we have this conversation, we forget people are doing other stuff while they're listening. So we do apologize for that. I know it was super loud and super out of the blue, (laughs) but that's the joys of doing it live, Chad. We aren't able to edit that sort of stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly, uh, and you know, it's I should have caught it in the in the editing because I would have been able to fix it. Um, but you know it's out of an hour and it was actually an hour and a half last week's episode we, we were we were well oiled and, and ready to go for our first episode <laughs> back um, so it slipped through the cracks I'm sorry if it caused anyone uh, you know any any inconvenience or, or whatever or, or, or you know just frightened you uh, while you were going about your your day-to-day life um, so th- that's the housekeeping wrap, wrapped up Barry um, you know, we've obviously got lots, lots to chat about today. But uh, today, I got my jab. Got I got my my very yeah, first you... jab. Um,
1: dude, I tell us the... all about that. What What was the experience like, and what what happened, dude?
0: Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are are quite shocked that I still haven't had it yet because you know the over the, well the, the sort of under under 30 age group has been open for quite a while in the UK Uh, the very first day it opened I had all good intentions went onto the website tried to book an appointment but there were just too many people there and the appointments were too far in advance I described last week having lived this nomadic lifestyle I didn't know where I was going to be and so I just never booked an appointment i just never got around to it no time was ever the right time um but yeah decided today basically uh, after i had done my sort of highly pressurized uh work uh, you know you know just at work um just to make sure that if anything went wrong um you know i i would be okay kind of thing um yeah basically went in today they've got these walk-in centers uh have you heard of the rugby team the harlequins Harlequins? I have,
1: I have,
0: yeah. Yeah, so basically their ground, which is in Twickenham, it's not the main Twickenham uh, rugby stadium, but they basically turned uh, one of the entrances of the Harlequins ground into a bit of a vaccination centre. And so you don't even have to have an appointment. You just walk in, give your, your particulars, uh, you know, date of birth, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, basically match you with, with your jab. In my case, it was the Pfizer because of the, the blood clots for under 30s in the Oxford AstraZeneca. Um, walked in super quick, super pain-free. Barry, I was expecting it to be, you know, one of those sort of thicker needles, be painful. It really wasn't. It was <laughs> over in a few seconds. Um, so, you know, I, I, pleasant experience and I'm feeling completely fine at, as things stand. That might be a different story tomorrow. Uh, See, but as things yeah. stand... <laughs> It's all good.
1: That's awesome, dude. I, I'm super chuffed for you. It certainly is. A, it, it's a little bit of comfort to know you've got a little bit of it, those antibodies in you. And hopefully the side effects for the next day or two are, are minor. I've heard mixed reactions from people. Some people mm. really have a tough time. Some people barely even notice that they had it. Yep. So it's, it depends on your body. It depends on how you react to it. But hopefully, Chad, it'll be a nice and breezy experience. Um, when do you mm. go back for your second dose? Do you know?
0: Well, this is the thing, um, you know, it all it all depends. I think at the moment you have to be at least, it has to be at least eight weeks. Um, okay. You know, obviously you can go anytime after 21 days, uh, you know, th- that's the minimum waiting period before you go for your next one. But just in terms of the NHS and uh, the timelines that they're, they have out there based on demand, at the moment, I think it stands at, at eight weeks. would be nice if I could get one sooner because, um, you know, obviously it, it, as things stand right now and we'll, we'll talk about it, it looks like those those sort of freedoms are coming for those who are uh, double jabbed. And, uh, and, you know, for you to be in that position, you would have had to have had your second jab 14 days before what it is you want to uh, get this freedom from. But uh, it looks like that's that's on the cards as well. So you know, as soon as possible, definitely. Uh, and yeah, I just en- encourage anyone in the UK uh, who's been thinking about it. There's tons of walk-in centres now. You can just just Google it. Uh, you might not even have to make an appointment. Walk straight in, and and you know, it, it's quick and easy. Uh, and I guess you're doing your part as well to to getting us back to some sort of some sort of normality. Barry, I've just seen on the comments now uh, from Jimmy Fire Dragon that it is World Chocolate Day. Did you know that?
1: No ways. No ways. <laughs> How did I not know that? Damn it. I love chocolate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, happy World Chocolate Day to you, man.
1: <laughs> oh, we're going to have to grab some chocolate after this, Chad. I'm going to have to go and raid the pantry a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, happy World Chocolate Day. Today, we've also got the, the England, uh, you know, the Euros, the semi finals against Denmark. Uh, we, 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 we're going to try wrap this wrap this up as soon as possible so we don't miss that barrier i'm sure you're quite keen for that fixture
1: Dude, I'm so excited. This whole tournament has been absolutely incredible. Every single game has been exciting. I, I stayed up until the early hours of yesterday night watching the penalties between cool. Italy and Spain. And so I'm really excited to see if England can can bring it home tonight. But I'm a little bit split though, Chad. I kind of want Denmark to win because Denmark's had this amazing story with the Christian Eriksen thing and everyone rallying behind them. Yep. It would be so cool to see them go all the way. Um, but my, my gut feeling is that England's got maybe a little bit too much for them. What do you think, Chad? What are your predictions for tonight
0: uh, obviously uh, you know being on this side of the pond I'm, I'm hoping it goes in the in the way of england everyone listening to this uh you know tomorrow whatever whatever the case is is, is gonna already know have known it, the results yeah. <laughs> um but uh but yeah i mean I, i'm hoping it, it works out well well for england um you know italy it's, it's going to be a, a tough match they've been playing really well um so you know we'll, we'll have to see but the whole thing is i'm not even going to be in england for the final um, I'm 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 jet setting off Barry to, to Madeira this weekend, um, so really looking forward to that and that whole experience of, of being in a plane and and doing all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah it, it, you know that's going to be fun but obviously you know missing the final in England with the atmosphere on the ground uh, I'm going to be upset I missed that
1: you're going to have to live vicariously through the Instagram stories and the Twitter feeds and all that good stuff yeah. if they win. If if they lose, Chad, it might be a good good place to be if you if you're not in the country. Who knows? <laughs> yeah,
0: it might be. It might be. We'll we'll, we'll certainly have to have to see. Uh, but just before we even started hitting record, Barry, um, I was watching obviously Wimbledon. That that's been as well, and I think that final is also happening this weekend. So again, on on two counts, I'm upset. I'm going to be missing that. Uh, but we just saw. <laughs> I, I just watched like a, a bit of a historic match. It feels like, uh, Fedra, who played really well in his last round. Uh, and you know, everyone thought, okay, cool. He's he's still good. Obviously, he's you know he's not the youngest uh, chap. He's thirty nine years old. Uh, but everyone thought, well, you know, potentially we could we could see another title come from from Federer this year again. He just got knocked out uh, by uh, you know Her Hercats. I think that, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Hercats. Um, fascinating game. Fascinating game. Federer clearly just not on his usual uh groove uh but but you know I think it's quite exciting to just get some some new players out there I think he's Poland's number one uh but but what a, what a great result to, to be able to watch Djokovic and him battle it out now and now in the final looking forward to that
1: yeah I mean we'll actually see if it gets to the final because I think this was a quarter chair, so I think he's still going to win one more to, to 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 meet Djokovic um but like you say I think it's it's a, it's a sad moment because you wonder if it's Federer's last Wimbledon. You wonder if he'll Definitely. be able to come back after this, right? Because, I mean, he's, he put all his whole career on hold. He dropped out of the last tournament, out of the French Open, to prepare for Wimbledon. He's had all these surgeries and whatnot. And I, I heard the commentators saying that we've always been waiting for that day where Federer looks his yeah. age, where he looks 39. Yep. And perhaps today was that day. I mean he got absolutely thrashed in that third set and didn't look anything like himself. And so yep. sad on one on, on one end because that's 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 the person we grew up with, Chad. The federer and rivalry is something that we grew up with and was absolutely crucial part of our tennis journey. And that's coming to an end. And and like you say, there's lots of youngsters who are coming up and are starting to compete and starting to put pressure. Of course, Novak is, is currently well above most most of the players. But these youngsters are looking really good, Chad. And so it feels like a changing of the guard. It feels like there's a new generation coming. Yep. through and it's exciting to see who the superstars are going to be
0: really really exciting i mean anyone who watched the, the females uh you know it was a day or two days ago uh emma uh you know who's also been playing really 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 great tennis uh british british national i think she made it in as a as a wild card uh was also playing fantastically and and just had this I think it was a bit of a panic attack really just all the nerves and the, the, the kind of the occasion got to her uh but but just so good to see like you say all of these new names uh definitely loving it definitely loving it and uh, gonna miss wimbledon it's one it's i must be honest it's the one thing you know you pay your tv license barry and it comes off every quarter in this case in the uk um, and you're like oh you know it stings it's a big amount of money you you stream on netflix most of the time it's you know it's on demand stuff you you're kind of like well what am I paying this for and and Wimbledon for me is one of those one of those uh, titles that that just makes it so worthwhile um, you know to pay to pay that TV license uh, because here in the UK as long as you're watching anything live anything at all um, you need to you need to have your TV license and uh, and it it comes included you can watch Wimbledon on on BBC included so it's just one of those things I mean do you have any of those kind of expenses Barry that that you know when you see them come off they just it just had a nerve,
1: Chad. Every debit order feels like that. I don't even mean which ones. <laughs> I mean every debit order that hits that—that that SMS you get from the bank. You're like, oh, oh. For me, for me, it's, yeah. for me it's, it's things like medical aid. It's things like insurance. It's like, I know I need this stuff. But does it have to be so expensive, Chad? Does it have to be such a big number? Uh, that's the biggest question. And unfortunately, you live with those sorts of things. And uh, f- certainly for, for us on this side, DSTV is incredibly expensive for what you get. And most people just have to buy DSTV because yeah. they need supersports. So that's what people do on this side because the DSTV channels themselves are pretty terrible. But it's the Super Sport that is mm. amazing and that's what people buy it for. So, yeah, similar sort of experience this side, Chad. And luckily, supersport has... Has all the sports you could imagine. So very lucky with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely a, a good subscription, good to have uh, all the sports stuff, because uh, yes, sport is just such an important piece of our lives. Uh, something about just testing, testing the boundaries of humanity, the the, the success, the, the, you know, the, the striving to do better, all that kind of stuff. So many positive values that come out of sport. Uh, yeah, really, really such a special thing to be able to have. And also, I, I mean, just on while we're on Wimbledon, Barry, just to not to get sort of too sentimental but uh i mean today a full capacity crowd uh in, in wimbledon on, on center court and that's going to stay that way up all the way into the final obviously it's a trial event we've got some unlocking that we're going to discuss uh next but uh but certainly just to see those kind of crowds i actually have a friend who's in the crowd as well and I, i'm definitely going to catch up with them early, uh, later just to, to hear what it's all all about uh but but to see these kind of crowds returning again it's there's just something about it
1: yeah, very emotional, and it's been coming for a long time, Chad. And it feels like the light is finally there, at least on that side of the world. Um, and it's really cool to see it, it, the sport really missing it. missed a lot without the spectators. Mm. Like it, it's not the same without the the roaring crowds and the ups and the downs and seeing the expressions on the on, from the cameraman uh, getting like pics of the crowd and stuff. It just it's not the same. It's just not the same to see Chad. Yeah. And long may it continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just before we move on, I know I know we've been this big preamble, um, but just before we move on, Jimmy Fire also asks if we're going to be covering anything of the uh, Samsung event, uh, as well as the Nothing event, um, which I think he says is on the 29th uh, at, at two p.m. The Nothing event. Have you heard anything about this, Barry? I've I've I follow quite a few tech YouTubers on YouTube uh, on on Twitter. And uh, I've seen these very cryptic images of this nothing event. Do you know anything about it? I think it definitely needs to be something we, we have in our agen- on our agenda.
1: I don't, Chad. I'm going to have to go and uh, have a look at what's going on there. It sounds very mysterious and very compelling. So let me go and do some <laughs> research and let's make sure we, we do a good, a good chat on it when we get there.
0: Cool. No, sounds good. I think it's. I think it's a new ear, uh, earphone brand or something like that. Uh, but yeah, very exciting. We always. We always like to see developments in the tech space. Anyway, I think that's enough preamble. Are you ready to get into the meat of it, Barry?
1: Let's dig in, Chad. Let's dig in.
0: The week that was. Let's chat. A little bit about the week that was uh, I hinted a bit about uh, unlocking and we, we chatted a bit about it last week too uh, but Boris came on this week and had his uh, his briefing in the, the the renovated studios I mean that was something that we, we didn't really even talk about Barry uh, but but you know the, the the press briefing room that cost sort of millions of pounds I don't even know the amount uh, it, it looks all very slick and good uh, and of course when there's a positive bit of news coming through we we, we like to we like to see that kind of good quality because you know there's some substance behind it so uh, talking about this next phase of unlocking and that is what is dubbed stage four uh, which is currently set to be the 19th of july a lot of you know uh, a lot of disclaimers there that it might not be the 19th but it does think about what that means for the UK in terms of measures uh, and all of that kind of stuff uh, Boris did say though that if it, if it's not now if it's not the 19th given where the debts are and uh, you know how well we're doing given the fact that it's uh, summer, when would we do it, realistically speaking? If we don't do it now, when would we? So personally, I think that nineteenth date is is going to stick around, uh, but but there are some disclaimers around that, so so that might might be shifted. Uh, but what happens in stage four? What does it all mean? Uh, so the first thing that you mentioned is is that the the second dose, and and that touches to our discussion now, is going to be reduced from what it currently is, is twelve weeks, uh, and that's for under forties to eight weeks so uh, obviously the quicker you get your second jab uh, the better the more you can you know kind of uh, get that immunity the, the more you can carry on with with life as normal and, and feel a bit protected I guess and, and also know that you're protecting the rest of society uh, so, so that's quite a positive move. Uh, the second thing is to, to move away from legal restrictions Barry. Uh, and in this way, kind of allow people to make their own informed decisions. Now, there's been a lot of criticism about this and about how people have kind of lost their freedoms, if you will, in a way, um, in in these kind of uh, draconian measures and uh, you know this, this diktat, as, as uh, Boris says. Um, and, and so you'll you'll now be able to to make your own decisions. So all businesses, including nightclubs, are going to be open again. Uh, this is crazy. Just a couple of weeks' time, Barry. This is crazy. No limits indoors or outdoors. Uh, currently, I think we're still in the rule of six indoors and 30 outdoors. Scrap all of that. No more one meter plus rules. No more social distancing needed. Uh, and then no more legal requirement to to wear a mask. So just think of the day of walking into a shop without a mask on. Uh, you know, it just it just feels crazy to me. Um, and then of course, it's, it's no longer necessary to, to work from home. So obviously a bit more to
1: discuss there, Barry, but just straight off the bat, thoughts? I'm jealous, Chad. I'm jealous of all these freedoms that are coming your way. And like, like you say, it, it is a little bit scary, in a sense, to go from what we've been through over the past 18 months, and then to start to open things up and, and like you say, get back into things like nightclubs and gatherings and all those good things. Um, but it, it really is a sign that we're moving in the right direction. And I think your vaccination yep. program has given you this opportunity to actually go in and make this happen, right? Who knows how, how this is going to play out? The only way to test this thing is actually to like let people loose and see what happens, right? We, yeah. we, we don't know how new variants are going to affect things. We don't know how the Delta variant is going to, is going to affect there on, on, on that side of the world. Um, and you can't stay locked down forever. So this is the way you have to go. And if after two weeks or after a month, you find out that things are worse than you thought, then you have to make new plans. But for the moment, Chad, I'm very jealous. And I'm looking forward to seeing all your nightclubbing in, on Instagram.
0: <laughs> it's one of those where I actually said to uh, to a friend the other day, I, I think I'm going to be rearing to go um, back to the nightclub. And you, you're probably going to go out once or twice. And then you kind of realize, okay, you know, it's, it's a nightclub. It's, it's, it's back to the old days. And, and, you know, you and I, I think our, our personalities, Barry, are rather... You know stay home kind of work on something uh you know oh hey <laughs> sorry are you saying something i can't i can't hear you
1: i'm a party animal chad what are you talking are you, about are you dude? a party Come animal on.
0: okay okay sorry don't, I was don't, very... don't
1: lower my street cred in front of all our fans <laughs>
0: Fair enough Okay Barry is the party animal Uh, But certainly (laughs) Certainly not suffering From a hangover Let's just put it that way Uh, Barry Barry stays away From the alcohol Not suffering from a hangover So this is all good Uh, But I I think It's going to be You know One or two weeks Of me going back To the nightclub And then And then kind of Pulling back from it uh, as I was, you know, before the pandemic hit, anyway. But I think the novelty of it is going to be really good in the beginning. And like you say, we kind of just have to see what happens. Uh, rip off the band aid, see what happens. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm confident that 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 it will uh, it, it'll be all good, just given given the the, the levels of vaccination. Um, some other measures, obviously, test, trace, and isolate. That's all going to continue. I don't think any surprises there. We we're not just expecting this. To be gone now, uh, but but we in that phase of managing it and, and, and dealing with it, uh, and then you know in terms of the the border controls, obviously maintaining these these tough border controls, which the UK were initially quite slow to uh, to implement actually, uh, and, and you know part of the criticisms in the beginning in the first lockdown. Uh, is that we were importing the virus from from other parts of the world Uh, and so i think it was only when we got to the stage of variance that uh you know the border controls became a lot harder and now you've got the the green amber and red list countries which which are going to be held under review uh into the future so I, i think that's a positive thing what do you think
1: yeah, I think so. I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of run it that way and to do this kind of risk risk assessment approach. You don't just want to let everyone in from all around the world just because you've now got things under control, right? You want to make sure you're controlling those borders as best you can while still trying to let the freedom of those citizens back and forth. So it makes a lot of sense to me. It sucks that, that South Africa is definitely going to be on the red list for a while, but yeah. hopefully it'll start moving up um, eventually once we, once we get things under control this side. But Chad, I think it's, it's a really good step and I think they, the UK are one of the leading countries around the world that are starting to do this. We've seen the US, they've now lifted some of their legal restrictions, cool. but there's still a little bit, of, a little bit of, of struggle in that sense because a lot of companies and shopping centers are still requiring masks because they want to be extra, extra cautious. So the big thing hmm. that I'm keen to see on your side is that even though the legal restrictions are lifted from a government level, do we still see retail stores and shopping centers and workplaces still asking for these sorts of measures because they're scared of contributing to a potential like? Um spreading again and and, that, and that's a big kind of discussion about freedom and as to who gets to set those rules so for example can your workplace now mandate you wear a mask while you're in the office even though legally you're not required to and that raises a whole bunch of ethical dilemmas and different mm. questions And what we've been alluding to over the past couple of months all of these freedoms we've given up in the past 18 months in this kind of crisis period in this time of emergency how do we get those back like how do we so I'm interested to see how that plays yeah,
0: out. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Sorry, you, you cut out there a bit, Barry, so uh, hopefully everything is all still good. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. Uh, let, let's certainly see how how it plays out. Um, you know, just in terms of, I guess, some of the other measures we heard, uh, we heard Javed the, the new health secretary, talking about uh, essentially some of, some of the other freedoms that you get from having a double jab, uh, and that is kind of reducing effectively, you know, not just reducing sorry but getting rid completely of the the self-isolation period um so obviously as things stand right now if you come into contact with a, with a positive case you you should self-isolate for for two weeks uh basically those who are double jabbed from the 16th of august have been announced now to to not have to self-isolate anymore um, and that i found to be you know quite quite a big announcement actually
1: yeah that is surprising it's it's not something you would have expected. Um, and I wonder what the data, I mean, there must be science behind that decision, you would hope. So they must have looked at some sort of data to get a sense as to what that what that is. But it's a big deal. I mean, self-isolation has been difficult for most of us, right? Like kind of lock yourself indoors and kind of keep yourself as a hermit crab is not easy. And just lift those lift those regulations is interesting, Chad. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what impact that has. Um, but I'm sure for people who, who do have jab it kind of it kind of encourages the vaccine right because if you, if you go and get your vaccine and you make sure you're fully up to date in that respect you can start to travel again you don't have to do the isolation you get all these freedoms back and hopefully that encourages people who may be on the fence about the vaccine just just go and get it because of the freedoms you're going to win as a result and hopefully that kind of leads to better immunity across the population
0: yeah, completely agree. And uh, just uh, I had a thought on your on your mask discussion as well that I that I kind of forgot to to go back to. Um, w- some of the comments that we had in that briefing from uh, Sir Patrick Vallance and Chris Whitty um, was was just talking about cases or times where you still are going to wear your mask uh, times where you on you yourself don't feel comfortable uh and you know a lot of that being when you when you're in crowds with people you don't know um obviously indoors being you know being the biggest one because that's where the risk is the highest and and both of them saying uh, in harmony really uh that in those occasions they'll, they'll still hold on to the mask and, and one of the other interesting ones that that, that was interesting for me uh and, and it's kind of more on, on a kind of humanitarian point i suppose uh is if you know someone else is not comfortable with you not wearing a mask, uh, you know both of them said that they'd they'd oblige and they'd they'd wear one. Um, so I, I guess this comes down to to, to courtesy and uh, and you know just like I said, uh, you know respecting other people's wishes and feelings. Uh, and and I suppose we all are going to have to become better communicators in this in this next phase as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's an important point. And we have to realize that we're not wearing masks to protect ourselves necessarily. We're wearing masks to protect the people around us in case we have the virus and we are spreading it. Right. So that's the major reason we're wearing these things. And so, like you say, the social courtesy of understanding that in certain situations, you might be required to wear that mask because of whatever, because you're in an elderly home or because you're in a highly crowded area or because the people around you are vulnerable or whatever the story is. There's going to be lots of circumstances where we have to have these discussions. And like you say, it's 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 this about it's this thing about empathy and about can you can you s- not sacrifice something, but can you really support the per- people who maybe don't feel comfortable just yet without without the masks on. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some drama, I'm sure, um, but hopefully that wherever you are in the world, when these things start to lift up, we, we think a little bit bigger than just ourselves. And yes, they might be uncomfortable. Yes, we don't want to wear them, but in certain situations, it might actually be, might be required. So yeah, I don't think we're done with masks yet, Chad. I think we're going to have them for a little while to come.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And I, I think I, I myself will be wearing one in the tube. Uh, if if nowhere else. That's the one place I, I'll definitely be wearing it. Now, talking about our, our episode last week, Barry, I mean I think we even titled it, Is Zuma Going to Jail? Uh, I've I've been absolutely uh, astonished <laughs> by by the scenes that have been happening outside this week. Why don't you talk us through it?
1: Yeah, Chad. So it's it's quite a it's quite an exciting time, if you want to call it that. And he's not in jail yet, Chad. So let, spoiler alert: he's not in jail just yet. Um, and like you said, the scenes that you're referring to, there were thousands of his supporters that marched to his his house in Encantla, um, and kind of were protesting his arrest, basically. Thousands of thousands of people, not a mask to be seen, Chad. A proper yeah. super spread event in the middle of the third wave. So that was very concerning for the country. And just a reminder of how many supporters Jacob Zuma still has. Mm-hmm. Even though he has become this controversial figure, and I think the majority of the country are wanting to get rid of him and to kind of put him behind us, he still has thousands and probably millions of supporters who still believe in him as this, as the savior. And they kind of see him as a martyr, Chad. That's kind of the way he's going at the moment. He's kind of, he's putting himself forward as this martyr that is going to, going to jail because of white monopoly capitalism and all that nonsense. And so, yeah, he, he, he has been kind of fighting that. He lodged an appeal with the constitutional court And as far as I understand, that wasn't actually legally possible. (laughs) I didn't think it was possible to appeal to the common courts. That's kind of the highest courts in the land. I don't know how you can appeal to that because there's there's nowhere else to go. Um, And basically what he was saying is that if he gets sent to jail, it's going to be a death sentence. He's saying that because he's so old, I mean, he's in in his 80s now. Because he's so old and he's got diabetes and he's got some health problems and he hasn't been vaccinated, (laughs) um, he was worried that going into a prison kind of situation is going to be a death sentence for him. And so as far as I understand, the appeal hasn't really held water because there's nothing to appeal against, like the the sentence has been done. And uh, the the chief of police, Becky Knele has until tonight, as of recording this, until, until midnight, to get him into jail. And so, Chad, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know if Jume is in jail or not. Um, And we'll have to wait and see what the story is. But certainly, he's not going to go down without a fight. And there's actually big concerns about the political implications and kind of the, the social unrest that could be caused if he does go into jail. Um, just because what are support is going to do? We're in the midst of this absolute emergency when it comes to the COVID situation and uh, there's worries that this could really kind of get, get nasty quickly. So we'll have to wait and see how, how how those supporters are. We've heard some dangerous kind of statements from some of them uh, and we're just hoping it's kind of mob behavior and, and hopefully we get this sorted pretty soon. But Chad, I'm not going to count my chickens until I actually see a photo of him in Westfall Correctional Services.
0: Gosh, that's, that's crazy. So, so what actually happens if he if Becky Kerle can't get him behind bars tonight? What actually happens then? I mean, the, the 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 all of his supporters basically saying that they were forming a human shield uh, around Nkandla and to, to, to basically try and, and resist him getting arrested, uh, which, which I find crazy. I mean, you, you say there'll be social unrest if he if he goes into jail. Um, what will happen if he doesn't? Because here is a guy who is blatantly disregarding the law, um, th- th- does it not, you know, obviously we've seen this unfold over and over again, and so this is not the first time he's been on the wrong side of the law, uh, but ultimately if if no one can be held to account, even in a case as simple as him walking out of a courtroom when he wasn't legally allowed to, uh, what does the whole judicial system mean? Um, and, you know, is there no not going to be any sort of, social unrest on on that front you know if, that, if he doesn't get arrested as well
1: it's it's a really big question Chad and, and it's a right question to be asking this this is a big test of the South African judicial system and kind of how how legit are our police force how legit are our our, our law our law firms right because try and get him behind bars and like you say the fact that he was our former president makes this thing very murky and very Absolutely. difficult. And the fact that, that his that his party is still in power, that's what makes this quite challenging, is that the ANC are in a difficult space because they're still trying to hold on to power. Like they, they don't have the support they used to have back in the day. And they really are fracturing from the inside. And even Cyril's appointment as president was a very controversial one within the ANC. So there are lots of Zuma supporters who are still within the ANC and still in higher ranking positions. And so it makes it a very difficult political situation to figure out like what is the right thing to do. And yeah, if he doesn't go to jail, I don't know what you do, because that your whole law system is based off that fact Um, that everyone can be held to account. And, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. You have to to arrest him somehow, whether by force or by whatever you can. You have to arrest the man. And so, yeah, I I don't know, Chad. It's it's a crazy, crazy story. And it it blows my mind that a president can still be this kind of – what's the word? This damaging to a country even years and years after he's left – um, we were hoping it kind of fade into isolation or fade into to irrelevance, but now he's mm. back on every newspaper again, and it's, it's it's quite 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 tough actually.
0: Yeah, so hard, so hard to watch. Um, yeah, especially when. You know in you have such a like I say such a clear-cut case in, in terms of the, the reason for his r- arrest in this time I mean there's a lot to be debated in terms of all of the other counts but but certainly on this one uh, you know clear cuts so uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that and uh, I mean I, I hope just like I guess all the rest of South Africans out there uh, that there's some some justice at the end of the day well let's then move on Barry to stuff I found interesting stuff I found interesting Uh, (laughs) all righty we've we've clearly had some some technical glitches there ecamm live what is going on not playing the jingle uh nevertheless this is stuff i found interesting and barry wanted to kick this one off uh with with a video some some youtube stuff you found this week
1: yeah chad i've got two viral videos for us to quickly have a a quick look at and i'm I'm wondering if you've seen them at all chad the first one is is the one you've got on screen right now and so if you're watching youtube you're going to get the benefit of this There was a giant fire in the middle of the ocean, Chad. If you look at this video, you can see this enormous fire that's probably 10, 15 meters wide in the middle of the ocean that is just raging and raging and raging. It's kind of a crazy piece of footage. It looks a little bit like a video game or like a a CGI type thing. And basically what happened was in the Gulf of Mexico, there's this ginormous gas pipeline that goes underwater. And apparently there was an underwater gas leak in this pipe that caused the ginormous fireball from the bottom of the ocean to rise to the top. And the fire burnt in the middle of the ocean for over five hours, Chad, while they were trying to put it out and trying to get things right. So I don't know about you, Chad, but I didn't know the ocean could catch on fire. As far as I understood, you put, war- you put fire out <laughs> with water. So how the hell does it catch on fire, Chad? Please help me out with this, buddy.
0: That's crazy especially especially the fact that it lasted for five and a half hours uh that's just insane and and like you say it's no it's no small fire at all um you know the natural gases and and, and you know gas specifically is always a concerning uh you know substance i I guess that's why we're so careful with it uh even even here above water but but like you say, it just defies logic um, that that you know, gusting fire in the middle of the ocean, uh, and, and it, it kind of looks quite funny, really, to see these ships there blasting it with water when it's already in a body of water um and and so and so yeah i I find that really quite interesting uh how 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 is it technically possible i mean has there been any kind of deep analysis into how how is it possible is it because there was maybe a constant um you know supply of gas that that kept the fire going uh to the point where it couldn't be put out uh has there been any analysis on that since
1: since it happened so, Sharon, I'm sure there has. I mean, I haven't dug deep into it. I, I don't know my yep. chemistry well enough, but I, I know it's something to do with the chemical reaction of the fire. This is not your normal sure. fire that you find when you light the briar or light the wood fire, right? This is a chemical fire that's caused by by very highly flammable um, gas, like you say, kind of igniting and, and having this effect. So I think that's why it looks so bizarre is because we're not used to chemical fires in day-to-day life. It's much more an industrial-type problem. But that's what makes these, these ginormous factories and pipelines and all of this fossil fuel infrastructure so dangerous dangerous is because when when something does catch a light, the, the fires can be absolutely devastating. Yeah. So you can imagine how devastating this might have been if this was on, on, on land, Chad, if this fire was to get out and hit buildings and stuff. Like we're just lucky it happened in the ocean where luckily no one was there. So no one got hurt, no one got injured and stuff. And they managed to avoid the leak um, they managed to patch the leak and figure it out. Um, but it certainly is a quite, a de- a quite a terrifying video to watch. But Chad, on, on the brighter side of things, um, you must go and look at the memes if you have some time. The memes <laughs> were unbelievable. In a very yeah. similar fashion to the evergreen ship that got stuck in the, in the Suez Canal, there was a very similar thing, like you mentioned, that this tiny little ship spraying a tiny thing of water <laughs> onto this ginormous fire in the middle of the ocean. And as you can imagine, the internet went absolutely wild with it. Yeah. So if you have a few minutes listeners go and check out the memes about this this fire because they will give you a good laugh
0: <laughs> oh man I was gonna try and, and pull some of those up here but I don't I don't think I'll uh, I'll have enough time to to get them up but I'll <laughs> certainly uh, be adding that as a, as a extracurricular thing to do because uh, it definitely sounds like a lot of fun Barry your second video here uh, is is teed up and ready to go why don't you talk us through this one
1: well, Chad, this is a video you have to see, and it's absolutely amazing what this dad was able to do. So this was at a baseball game in the States, and there's this man who's standing standing in the crowd watching the game with his daughter in his arms. There's a foul ball that comes into the stadium, <laughs> in, in towards him. He drops – oh, wait, he's got a beer in one hand and his daughter in the other hand, Right. He drops his daughter momentarily, uses that hand to catch the baseball, then catches his daughter with his hand and keeps the (laughs) beer and doesn't spill any of the beer. It is one of the most incredible videos you'll ever see. And it is just dad 3.0 i mean i don't know how we top this chad
0: <laughs> give that man a balls never mind a beer uh he deserves <laughs> a balls that that is that is incredible that is juggling all of the balls um and, and and not dropping one uh you know literally speaking that's just crazy um you know especially because the ball was also really quite close to the daughter so he kind of shielded her at the same time as catching it you've got a guy behind him who's got a mitt and is ready to catch it <laughs> with the mitt and he kind of just wangles his hand uh, in between this mitt. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, give, Like I say, give that man a buzz. It's really a cool, uh, a cool little video to, to watch. So thanks for bringing that to our attention, Barry. Uh, as always, we'll try and leave those two links down in the in the description of the episode if you're listening to it after the fact uh, and, and equally. Uh, in our YouTube video as well, the, the the thing I wanted to talk about and stuff I found interesting this week barriers uh, is the chip shortage. And uh, I haven't got delved too deeply into this, but it's it's not new. It's been happening for for a couple of months now. Um, I, I thought that uh, you know at fa- at, fa- at face value, I thought the reason you can't get a PS5 and an Xbox Series X is because there's just too much demand for them, and and I guess that. That is right, but but the other the inverse there is the supply side, uh, and the supply side is nothing to do with Sony or Microsoft uh, themselves. It's to do with a, a really big problem uh, that there, there's a there's just a shortage of chips uh, to produce these uh, the, 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 these these gadgets. And so I I actually managed to very luckily get my hands on a, a PS5 today, a digital version, Barry. Uh, we don't need the disk anymore we, we, we we're hopping into the future um, but uh, but but yeah i find it fascinating that this 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 overwhelming problem uh, because you, you you've got intel and you've got another company i think it's sort of the t i don't know the name exactly um, and you know between the two of them uh, you know producing the bulk of the the chip boards used by 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 tech companies uh, and here you've got a shortage uh, that's really causing some supply problems
1: yeah, Chad, we often underestimate the kind of some of those foundational layers that lie underneath all of our technology, right? And, and chips are one of them. Chips are the heart of every single device that, yeah. that we, have, we have. Like that, that is the key, key component that houses all the, all the smarts that we all rely on. And everything built on top of that ecosystem by, by the more retail brands, the customer-facing brands that we know is reliant on those chips. And so the moment you don't have those, you, you fall into disarray because you cannot produce the, the devices like you wanted to. And like you mentioned, this has been a problem for a couple of months now. People yeah. have been talking about it a lot and trying to figure out what is the right solution going forward. The, the biggest problem here is that there's a, such a huge concentration. There's only so few companies who can make these chips at scale mm-hmm. in a way that can feed the apples and the Sony's and, and whatnot of the world. And so what we need is we need that diversification across the supplier base so that we have more options to go to so that all your eggs aren't in one basket. Now of course, COVID has put a lot of pressure on a lot of these supply chains. A lot of these chips being manufactured in Asia and we're struggling to get across to the States and to the UK and whatnot. And so the supply chains are still trying to recover from all the damage that was done during the COVID kind of restrictions. But it's a reminder to all of us that we are so reliant on certain key concentrated companies and areas, and uh, they're not robust to to change. If something goes wrong, the whole ecosystem shuts down, Mm -hmm. Chad. All of a sudden, all these companies are not able to produce like like they want to. And this is something that we, we, we start to talk more about after COVID is We've done all this globalization, where we've made these all these specialist companies, who all they do is chips, and they make gazillions and gazillions every single year. But you wonder, what do we lose in terms of robustness and in terms of sustainability? And that's a big question we have to answer as we move forward, and hopefully try and rectify like what the situation is.
0: Yeah, the the, the biggest challenge I think is it's not so easy to just uh, you know get a get a new chip uh, manufacturer and get them up and running. Uh, you know, it's, it's industry experts say it'll take a couple of years to get some of these plants uh, going. And so I, I see Intel's got some new factory plans and, uh, you know, likewise, their, their, their biggest competitor does as well. Um, I believe Arizona, um, the, the one and, uh, you know, I, I don't, don't quite know this, I think Phoenix, the other. Um, but, you know, this is going to take many and many years uh, to, to get back going again. And of course, the, the trade wars uh, with with Trump and, and China uh, certainly haven't helped because there's extra hurdles Uh, to to be gone through from there so you know it really is the the perfect storm if you'd like uh, where I I genuinely think over the next couple of years uh, if this is where we are at the moment with uh, with trying to get a console uh, not, not to mention laptops, Barry. I, I know people are struggling to to get laptops uh, as well. You know, the, it certainly isn't going to going to bode well for for the next couple of years uh, for all of us as tech heads. And and I guess you know, hard to hard to develop and, and grow. Uh, you know, your your country, your company, yourself as a personal individual. Uh, well, not on the PlayStation front, but certainly more <laughs> you know more on the on the laptops uh, w- without without the tech that can can kind of match up and and do what you need it to.
1: Yeah, definitely, Chad. I think I'm expecting to see more companies go the Apple route where they're going to start insourcing this trip development and start to make it and kind of vertically integrate their services rather than relying on an Intel or some sort of external company. Um, and so we'll, I think we'll see the big companies start to go that route a little bit, even though it's very difficult and cost intensive and, and, and challenging to make, make that work at scale. I think that people might go that way to kind of get that, that sustainability and, and know that they have control over their chips. Because, I mean, Sony have got all this demand for these PS5s, Chad, and it's completely out yeah. of their hands. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do to, to no. make those chips appear out of nowhere. And so their customers get frustrated. They start to lose market share. They start to struggle as a result. And the PS5 isn't the success that it might have been because of this this kind of backlog. Um, And so they must be tearing their hair out right now. And uh, like you said, it's going to take years to figure out this stuff. I don't think we even can fathom the scale of these chip manufacturers, Chad. I don't think we Mm -hmm. even have a sense as to how big they are and how complicated it is and all the steps that it takes to get that tiny little chip into your yep. ps5 it's it's exactly.
0: crazy yeah it completely is It completely is i mean you know even when you even when you think of an apple device back in the, back in the day uh you know you didn't even realize you're using a, a samsung screen uh, as, as an example and so you, you're so right there are so many players uh throughout the supply chain that we don't even know um are, are, are there and uh, yeah it's, it's just going to be an interesting couple of years to watch uh, and i i just hope I hope it passes uh, sooner rather than later, if that is by, by, like you say, people going the route of Apple and producing their own chips and, and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I just hope it hope it's over as soon as possible, uh, especially for us who are so passionate on this industry. Um, Barry, I'm ready to, to, to move on to the next one, are you?
1: Yes, let's do it, let's do it.
0: Looking ahead.
1: Jingle.
0: Jingle nightmare! What is Absolute going on? Nightmare! I was—we were so happy with the software, Barry, um, eCam Live, and, and getting us to to doing these live uh, podcast recordings, cutting out all the editing, all that kind of stuff. But nothing's working today. The jingles aren't working. Our background is <laughs> static. What on earth is going on? Uh, you know, this is not looking looking ahead the way it should be.
1: It isn't Chad, but luckily we still have the content, and so we can get around that. Uh, luckily, we we got Chad saying looking ahead there, so that's as close as we're going to get. Go. And Chad, I want to bring together. I want to bring to your attention something we chatted about briefly last week. We kind of teased it a little bit when we were chatting about privacy, and it's the browser that I use. And surprisingly, it's not Chrome. It's not Safari. It's not Firefox. It's a browser called Brave. And so I thought I'd bring it to the attention of of you, Chad. Get your sense as to what you think about it, and then hopefully the listeners as well. Let me run through some of the things that make Brave different to some of the other platforms. The first thing is that it basically, functional, functionality-wise, is exactly the same as Chrome. It's built using the same open-source code that Chrome is built on. It's got the same features. You can still get the, the, all the Chrome extensions that you want. So in all, in all, if, in all kind of aesthetic reasons, it's exactly like Chrome, right? But what makes it different is that it's built for privacy for right from the beginning. Okay. So what Brave does is that from the very moment you open it up, it it operates without ads, without trackers, it blocks all that stuff without having to install external ad blockers. So if you're on Chrome, we all know you have to go and install these third-party yep. extensions that hopefully try and block ads. With Brave, it all comes in the browser itself. And the whole point of the browser is trying to limit the amount of tracking and, and ads that you see on a, on a day-to-day basis. Instead of, instead of kind of making their money from selling you ads, Chad, they, they do a different kind of model where they, they use ads in a much more kind of thoughtful and carefully considered way that doesn't look at any of your personal data. So none of okay. your personal data gets sent to Brave when you when you search for things when you use Google. None of those searches get sent to the browser. All what happens is Brave does a lot of kind of tracking on device. So without sending it to their servers wherever they are, they look at your behavior on the device, and then they have a small group of advertisers who then advertise to you based on that on-device tracking. But those advertisers don't get your information at any point. Okay. So they're just kind of hoping that they they're going to show you an ad that's going to be relevant to you, and that then you're going to be, be able to kind of become a customer of theirs and that's when you'd hand your information over. So it's a very interesting way of doing ads, and it's, it's a very bizarre thing. Like When you start using it, it's a bit bit strange because you're used to seeing the banners and the pop-ups and all that stuff, and it gets rid of all of that completely, and you have these pop-up ads that are more kind of, they're less targeted towards you, and they're more kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, very specific to what you've been browsing on the internet. Right. So that's, that's the second thing. And the last thing that makes them quite unique, Chad, is that they actually pay you to watch ads, believe it or not. Okay. Um, with a cryptocurrency called the basic attention token so it's bat <laughs> is the little, little crypt- the little uh, acronym and so this token is basically they they take to, take a piece of the advertiser with the advertisers paying brave they take a piece of that profits and give it to you as a person who's watching the ad so if you if you click on an ad and you look at what they've what look at the, the website they're showing you or whatever you'll get a small piece of bat into your little wallet and eventually, once you've, once you've accumulated enough of that, you can then withdraw that into some sort of exchange and transfer it to Bitcoin or dollars or whatever you want. So they're paying you to, to watch these ads, which I think is quite an interesting business model as well and something we've chatted a little bit about in the past as we start to look past the traditional advertising model. Now at, the, at this point, that cryptocurrency is worth very little chance, <laughs> like a few pennies. So it's not a lot of money at any by any stretch, but it's an interesting way of testing this kind of model. Like, can this actually work? Can you get this thing where you do align the interests of the people who are being advertised to With the advertisers themselves and the cool thing is you can take those tokens chad if you want and you can tip other people on the internet cool so say you see a tweet that you like once you've got the brave once you got the brave um interface there'll be a little tip button next to each tweet and if you like what the person said you can theoretically send them some of this token um as a as a tip for their thing or to a journalist or to some sort of some piece of content you like. Cool. And so their vision for the future is that we're gonna get into this world where you where you instead of paying that I don't know, hundred Rand a month to News twenty four to get all the news chad, they have this vision of this world where you're going to pay the individual journalists and writers and YouTubers and, and, and people that you like. And you're going to tip them with microtransactions to, in order to enjoy their content. And whether we're going to get there or not, I don't know. But I just find the way they are taking looking at this so, so interesting. And I don't see any downsides. It's the same as Chrome. You're getting paid a tiny, tiny little bit, whether that turns into anything, I don't know. Um, and you're getting away from all the trackers. So I think it's very exciting. I think more people should be looking into it. And even though it's a little bit complicated at first i think it's a brilliant product
0: wow that sounds amazing i've, I've definitely got to check it out uh, even just through, through you know from everything you've said and, and just playing the, the little intro video uh you know from their website it, it certainly seems like a, a slick a slick browser that, that that's matched up with with speed and efficiency uh because that's the, that's the first reason we like chrome uh but then it then it differentiates uh with all these you know privacy features certainly on on targeted ads uh and then and then like you say uh, it's nice to have in, in earning uh this, this new cryptocurrency that they've created which which may one day be, be worth worth something um so yeah that that definitely sounds like a browser i've, I've got to get behind and, and got to check out i i am fascinated barry to to know your experience and, and like you say when you see banners and that kind of stuff uh you know you still are going to do a lot of your browsing uh, presumably through google you know in, in terms of the actual Google search engine and and all the various Google products Uh, and so you know Google and Facebook uh, you know they make their money through through advertising so are you saying that it blocks their ad uh, windows well not new windows but the little sections of their site like the banners and the uh, the little blocks on the sides uh, that that are reserved for advertising space does it block those entirely Uh, or are we only talking about pop-ups here?
1: yeah, it's a really good question. and I think it it's the best way to think about it is your traditional ad tracker right now. So there's a lot of sites that, if they notice you've got an ad tracker on, they'll stop you completely and they won't let you read the article okay. until you unblock it, right? So it's very similar in that respect they They obviously can't go and remove ads from sites that that you want to use, so Google and Facebook and stuff. if you go into those sites you accept, you're going to be able you're going to be seeing their ads, right right. But they, they they block whatever they can, and they, they delete cookies after a certain amount of time, and they do all these privacy-enhancing features to try and hide as much data as possible from these people. So everything they can do within the kind of the realm of what they can impact, they've done. But unfortunately, you're still going to have some of those same problems. Like there's still still going to be some newspapers. You're not going to be able to read their articles until Mm -hmm. you unblock it. So you'll have to whitelist some sites and whatnot. But what's cool is that this is all immediately built in. You don't have to worry about tweaking settings. You don't have to install other Chrome extensions. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's built right into the browser. And so I certainly have noticed just in my day-to-day usage that I see a lot fewer ads than I used to. Cool. And I, I don't know how, I don't know what to attribute it to. I don't know how much of it is brave, how much of it is other things or who, who knows what, but I certainly don't see the same amount of ads as I used to. And especially on YouTube, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I haven't seen cool. a YouTube ad in a very long time. Oh, wow. and so that, that <laughs> is an absolute win. Wow. Um, and so I can't recommend it enough. There really is no reason not to try it. It's completely free, um, and it's easy to install and whatnot. And ever since I switched about probably six months ago, I've been using it ever since I haven't opened Chrome. So, yeah, I think it's worth a look just for the privacy itself. And whether they can kind of unlock some of these additional value adds, we'll have to wait and see. I'm just excited to support a company that's trying to do it a little bit differently and trying to go at it a little bit better route in my perspective
0: love that uh definitely if you're listening to this go check out brave browser i'm certainly gonna gonna give it a go and it it sounds like it works on all devices as well so uh you know not just your laptop but your phone ipad all that kind of stuff uh which is great one laptop that well sorry one uh, browser that that is kind of neutral across all platforms that's the kind of stuff we we like so do go and check it out brave browser uh barry i would say let's move on to the next section but i'm not going to try and play the jingle because you know how that's going to go uh so so why don't you talk (laughs) us through uh develop and grow and i can already see it's going to be a goodie oh
1: chad it it actually happened about an hour before we're recording. So this is hot off the press, Chad. This is an insight that's coming straight to you. And it's nice. nothing revolutionary. I think we all know this deep down, but it's important to remind ourselves of this. And uh, so let me tell you a bit of a story. I'm busy working on this ginormous Excel model at the moment for one of my consulting clients. And I've built this entire model. It is super complicated, Chad. It's one of those spreadsheets that, that take a time to calculate. That's how big yeah. it is. And so it's one of those big ones. And I was hitting my head against the wall. (laughs) I had this one little problem, this one little kind of function that wasn't working for me. I couldn't figure it out. I had all those hashtag reference things that Excel users will know. Um, And I was really struggling. And I sat there for, it must have been three hours, Chad, trying to figure this thing out. Getting so angry, getting so frustrated. I had no idea how to fix this. Then my girlfriend got home and went for a run to clear the clear the brain a bit and yep. kind of get some fresh air. And Chad, I promise you, it wasn't even a kilometer into our run that my brain just twigged and I realized, okay. oh, that's how you solve it. <laughs> and when I got home, I went and I solved the chat, and it took me four minutes to fix. Amazing. And it it, it was it was absolute like game changing experience. And so it was just yet another reminder, Chad, of how much physical exercise mm-hmm. matters for mental health and mental functioning. And if I would just gone for that run a little bit earlier when I was in the midst of that kind of stuckness, I could have saved myself a whole bunch of time. But instead, I decided, no, I'm going to just keep banging my head against this wall. I'm going to keep fighting this thing because I'll be outthink this. Rather than just letting my brain have a little bit of space to breathe, a little bit of extra oxygen, and all of a sudden, everything falls into place. And so, yeah, it's a good reminder for me, Chad, and hopefully a good reminder for you and our listeners as well.
0: Great reminder, great reminder, and so true. I mean, you know, that's a very tangible example where you, you, you have a specific problem uh you know that that needs to be kind of you know mechanically fixed if you'd like uh so you know fix one part and then it'll start rolling through uh, the rest of the parts that rely on it uh but but there's so many of other problems that we we have in our lives uh you know decisions we need to make uh you know just other things that kind of clog up our brain um and you know a run is just the best so, so you know a lot of people love listening to an audiobook love listening to uh you know a a uh, very fast pace uh you know high intensity music playlist i like running with nothing a lot of the time i i, I truly do love it uh you know you kind of just focus on the rhythm of of, of your feet and uh, the rhythm of your breathing and all that kind of stuff and, and your mind just starts to wonder automatically uh and and i f- i find it to be the most wonderful problem solving time uh it, it's just it's just me time really um and and you know, so long as you're not um, just trying to keep yourself alive because you, 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 you're almost dying out <laughs> there uh, from, from trying to run too fast, um, you know, your, your mind just goes to these most amazing places. And, and like you say, kind of approaching a situation from, with, with fresh eyes or fresh eyes after, after running, uh, it just looks completely different. Um, and, you know, there's not, not much else there that, that does the same thing.
1: Yeah, definitely and it's not just anecdotal experience Chad. there's yeah. actual neuroscience like behind this and i remember taking a course online about learning how to learn and one of the first lessons was this idea that we have this kind of unconscious brain and we have the conscious brain. Yeah. And when your conscious brain can't figure something else, it's very important to kind of go and do something else. So whether it's a run, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's seeing a friend, whether it's changing environments or changing contexts, any of these things can give you that kind of jarring change to your, to your mindset that unlocks that unconscious side of things. Um, it's the same thing as going for a shower, Chad, or sleeping it sleeping it off, and waking up the next morning and realizing, "Oh wait, I've solved it now that I've yep, slept on exactly. it." Exactly. Yep. Um, and and way too often we just end up spinning, running into the wall again and again and again because we think we can outthink this thing. We think if we just sit here for long enough, we'll fix it. <laughs> and this is not the case, Chad. It's much much more effective to realize when you're in that rut or when you when you're stuck in something and go and change your environment go and get a cup of tea go and get some yep. fresh air go for a run go to the gym because i promise you you'll come back feeling like a whole new person and your brain would have figured it out automatically yep. it's it's absolutely magic
0: it's so true it's so true it really is and we, i mean we i think our first episode barry was uh, on why we sleep uh, and there's a very kind of again tangible example that he uses there uh sitting on the sleep side uh, of a musician wanting to bang their head against their wall because they just can't play a piece perfectly like they're one or two notes out just in terms of the timing or playing the wrong notes not being able to reach whatever the case is go to sleep wake up and the very first thing they do is is play it perfectly um and it's just amazing uh, we, we we really are fitted uh with every every sort of resource we need uh it's just a matter of kind of unlocking it's getting yourself enough time to sleep Going out on those runs, um, and uh, yeah, ultimately just giving yourself the time to breathe. I guess. Um, talking about exile, Barry. I know we, we 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 three minutes over time. We're going to cut this short very soon. Um, but there's a there's a, a page I, I recommend you follow on uh, on Instagram. It's called Exol dot uh, Have you heard of it? Excel-yuma? I
1: think I have. I think I might. Have, I think I might have seen people share stuff. So maybe, yeah.
0: <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. These memes are so good. Um, there's just so many. I highly, highly recommend you uh, you go and check it out. Excel Humor, especially all of those of you who, who use Excel uh, on, on, a day, on a day-to-day basis. This is you, Barry, uh, fighting for your life
1: <laughs>
0: in Excel. It's just so oh. good.
1: Oh, jeez, Chad, do you, do you think there's a more influential program than Microsoft Excel? <laughs> do you think there's anything that is more powerful than that program? I can't
0: think of anything. I really, really can't. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, the first one that I showed up here was was basically, you know, playing on the fact that the entire global financial system is held up uh, by by Excel, <laughs> and and you know, I, I broadly speaking think it think it's true. I mean, every single kind of reconciliation or model or, or whatever the case it kind of relies on Excel because it's this perfect combination of a of a of a spreadsheet. Uh, and ultimately, also being able to, to, to use code and modeling in the back end, uh, you know, formulas, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you do have all these sort of CRM systems uh, that, that do a lot of work, but when it comes to, to actually analyzing or doing something with it in the most flexible, fluid way, uh, you know, Excel is, Excel is the one.
1: <laughs> yeah definitely And I think in the spirit of these memes Chad I should leave you with my favorite meme XL meme yeah. and it goes something like this it's a little bit of dating advice for everyone out there just a little bit of dating advice uh, the advice is don't hook up where you V look up Chad. <laughs> don't hook up where you V look up very very powerful yeah, advice make sure you take that to heart <laughs> <laughs>
0: such such a good one uh what a great note to end this episode of across the pond we've had issues teething issues uh but we've also had some some good times so uh let's cut it there and move straight on to the football we're quite excited barry do you think football's coming home
1: oh chad i i think it is i think it might (laughs) be and we'll have to wait and see if they they choke they haven't conceded a goal yet so that's a good sign this is true um But I'll be honest, Chad, I'm going to be rooting for Denmark uh, just because I think the story would be amazing if we could Mm -hmm. see Christian Eriksen kind of wheel on to get his medal. That would be amazing. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Only uh 15 minutes to go. So everyone, I hope you enjoy your the game. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh yeah, thanks for for keeping with all of these t- you know teething issues, even though we're in episode 80. We should have had this thing waxed by now, Barry. But sometimes <laughs> sometimes our softly lets us down. There's nothing we can do about that.
1: Uh, that's all
0: for today. Uh, we will see you again next week.